Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good afternoon. Uh, as many of you are aware, there's currently uh, some news breaking out of Afghanistan, so I just want to give you a quick update. Uh, at around 7 p.m. local time in Afghanistan last night, uh, the United States military used a GBU-43 weapon in Afghanistan. Uh, the GBU-43 is a large, powerful, and accurately delivered weapon. We targeted a system of tunnels and caves that ISIS fighters used uh, to move around freely, making it easier for them to target U.S. military advisors and Afghan forces in the area. The United States takes the fight against ISIS very seriously, and in order to defeat the group, we must deny them operational space, which we did. The United States took all precautions necessary to prevent civilian casualties and collateral damage as a result of the operation. Any further details, I would refer you to the Department of Defense on that. Uh, moving on, uh, as the, you may know from the schedule, the President has a 2 o'clock event, uh, so I'm going to try to keep this rather tight so the pool has an opportunity to get in and set up appropriately. Uh, earlier today, the President signed H.J. Res. 43, bringing the total number of Congressional View, Review Act legislation pieces uh, that he signed now to 13. This resolution that he signed today overturns a regulation that was put in place by the previous administration on their way out the door that would have taken away the right of states to set their own policies and priorities for Title X flam family planning programs. Our federal system was set up to allow states to address the unique needs of their own populations when possible, especially it comes to programs as important and sensitive as family planning. With the bill signing, the President has restored respect to states' rights on this particular issue. Uh, as I mentioned at the top, there's an event at 2 o'clock uh, where the President will be meeting with the brave first responders uh, who were involved in the I-85 bridge collapse and thank them that occurred in Atlanta. To thank them for their work and dedication in addressing this horrible uh, situation. The bridge collapsed during rush hour on March 30th, but due to the heroic efforts of Atlanta's first responders, some of whom will be here today, uh, no lives were lost. The President's proud to host these brave individuals and honor their commitment to protecting their community. Later this afternoon, the President will head to Florida for the Easter holiday. Uh, he will be departing Joint Base Andrews via motorcade as the preparations for the Easter egg roll are well underway on the South Lawn, preventing a Marine One departure. Uh, and while we're on the topic, I know it was brought up the other day, so just to give you a quick notes on what to expect uh, this coming Monday, uh, we expect more than 21,000 people to attend the Easter egg roll. The allocations of tickets have been given to schools, children's hospitals, and military and law enforcement families. Commemorative eggs will be handed out to uh, the children who attend. Nearly 18,000 eggs were ordered, which is in line with past years. The event will start at 7.30 with different groups of guests arriving every two hours to ensure that all the children have an opportunity to participate in uh, more than a dozen activities that will be available. Further logistics and guidance will be provided uh, over the weekend. Uh, also today, 
the Treasury Department's Office of Foreign Asset Control, OFAC, designed, uh, designated one entity and one individual connected to human rights abuses against Iranian political prisoners in Iran's prisons. The individual who is designated for his role in abuses in Iran's prison is the brother of Qasem Soleimani, the commander of Iran's IRGC, Quds Force, who was himself previously designated under terrorism, counterproliferation, and human rights authorities. The sanctions against human rights abusers in Iran's prisons come at a time when Iran continues to unjustly detain in its prison various foreigners, including U.S. citizens C. Amuk Namazi and Bakar Numazi. We join recent calls by international organizations and UN human rights experts for the immediate release of all U.S. citizens unjustly detained or missing in Iran so that they can return to their families. OFAC also designated two ISIS financial facilitators as ISIS supporter in North Africa, continuing our ongoing effort to disrupt key leadership nodes for the group. Moving on, over the past few days, the President and members of the Cabinet have held many meetings and discussions with their international counterparts about the significant foreign policy challenges facing our world. Yesterday, you heard from the President himself alongside uh, NATO Secretary General about the need for a strong-funded alliance to combat terrorism, the humanitarian crisis ongoing in Syria, and many other serious threats to our collective safety and security. Also yesterday, Ambassador Nikki Haley, along with her counterparts from nine other nations, voted in favor of a draft resolution to denounce the heinous chemical attack carried out by the Assad regime last week. Unfortunately, but not surprising, Russia stood in the way of this resolution. However, I'd like to point out that the abstention of China on the heels of President Xi's recent successful visit in Kazakhstan, a longtime Russian ally and former member of the Soviet Union. Both of these abstentions are notable and signify that the United States is persuading the world that the use of weapons of mass destruction cannot go unanswered. Secretary Tillerson, as you know, was in Russia yesterday to meet with his counterpart and ensure that they are made fully aware of the United States' positions in both areas of practical cooperation, such as defeating ISIS, and areas where Russia does not share our interests and values. As you know, the Vice President will be departing for his 10-day trip to South Korea, Japan, Indonesia, and Australia on Saturday morning. His office will be providing more information later today. Uh, finally, I'm glad to announce that the President will host the Prime Minister of Italy for an official working visit to the White House next Thursday, April 20th. The leaders will discuss the upcoming G7, which will be hosted in Italy, uh, in Italy and Sicily, and uh, a range of issues of mutual concern. Uh, with that, I'd be glad to take some of your questions. Sean, where is the administration on cost-sharing subsidies for insurance companies? Uh, that is cons uh, an area that is being uh, internally discussed at this time. Oh, I, it's, it's not undecided. There is an ongoing discussion uh, on that matter. Matt. Thanks, John. Uh, the last few days have seen a number of policy shifts by the President on China as a currency manipulator, the XM Bank, the order of doing health care taxes. Uh, there's more, but I won't belabor the point. What should the American people make of these shifts, and are there any policy areas that are non negotiable? Well, I think. You know, respectfully, I think you can look at it at what you what you're referring to as a shift in a lot of ways, and by that I mean I saw a couple instances with respect to NATO uh, being one of those shifts yesterday. And, and if you look at 
what's happened, it's, it's those entities or individuals in some cases or issues evolving towards the president's position. And um, NATO in particular, he talked about the need of countries to pay their fair share, to live up to their commitments of 2% of GDP. He talked about the need to, for NATO to focus more on terrorism. NATO has done just that. Um, and it is something that he pointed out in the debate, the first debate in September of last year. He talked about the fact that uh, that NATO is moving towards what he has been calling for. And I think in some cases, uh, the issues evolve uh, that it's not just a, a clear and fast statement that this is uh, this that the entity itself is moving towards his or the or the issue is evolving towards the position that he expedited that he articulated and that's that can't be proven more true in the case of NATO where he laid out two very clear uh, positions that he had an issue with NATO and as far back as September of last year started to recognize that that institution was moving much more towards his position Secretary General noted that as well yesterday Quick follow-up, if I may. Uh, the XM Bank is another one. That's an institution that hasn't changed at all. So I'm wondering on some of these other policy shifts where you haven't seen the type of change you're talking about with NATO, what should we make of, of those kinds of shifts? And again, are there any policy areas that are non-negotiable that are off-limits? Well, there, there's always going to be. I think that there's um, there's going to be areas where I think, again, it depends on, on the outcome. In the case of NATO in particular, as I pointed out, it's the more, most illustrative. I think you look at the, the president's position, where he wanted to see NATO in particular evolve to, and, and it's moving exactly in the direction that he said it was in terms of its goals of increasing the amount of participation from other member countries, and two, is having a greater focus on terrorism, something that was reinforced by the Secretary himself, uh, Secretary General himself when he was here. I think when you look at these issues and you recognize the direction in which they're moving, um, they're moving in a direction that the President stated very clearly. John. Thank you, Sean. Uh, on the GBU-43 bomb, yeah. the first time it's ever been used, uh, why did you choose this particular uh, location? And would you uh, say that this bomb won't be used again in another flashpoint around the world, like Syria, like North Korea, for instance? Yeah, as I noted at the beginning, John, I would refer you to the Department of Defense uh, on, on the specifics. Separate matter, you mentioned uh, what you see as a win at the UN Security Council. Right. I'm curious as to why you believe this is a win. Uh, after all, this particular resolution did not pass. Uh, right. you look at what's happened at the UN Security Council in the past, for instance, the Security Council resolution, which gave the green light for the Persian Gulf War, you actually had all five permanent members of the UN Security Council voting yes. So why are you saying this is a win? Uh, when not all five permanent members of the Security Council actually voted yes. You had one, Russia, blocking it. Well, I, I think it's very significant, China's abstention in particular. I think Kazakhstan's another one in terms of that one, in terms of its proximate location and history with Russia. You see a breakaway uh, of Russia aligning itself with a position that is not only shared with the U.S. but the rest of the world. Uh, so that would be a natural position that they might have taken in the past. Uh, but secondly, I think China's abstention is a significant win for the president. He went down and had discussions with President Xi, um, and, and I think you all saw that, heard his remarks about how he walked through um, that, and I think it, it really shows uh, the success of the trip, first and foremost. But secondly, uh, it continues to show how Russia is isolated on this particular matter. That's important. Uh, so I think on a variety of fronts, uh, it really uh, was a huge win for the United States and for the persuasiveness of the President. John Gizzi. Yeah. Thank you, Sean. Um, in his remarks to us off camera, OMB Director Mulvaney talked about uh, 
vision of the federal government being reorganized mm -hmm. as, in some cases, more agencies. And he said also that the final plan will come not just from right-wing think tanks, I believe that was his phrase, coupled with the President's statement on the XM Bank. Is he already receiving any criticism or voices of disappointment from small government conservatives who back him strongly? I refer to groups such as Americans for Tax Reform or the Cato Institute. Well, I, I can't say that I've scanned every group's statements about uh, this particular subject, but I can tell you that he's, he's gotten a lot of uh, very positive feedback as well as Director Mulvaney for their effort. As the Director noted, you have a government that in large part has never been reorganized, it's just been added to. And when you look at the disparate number of agencies and programs that now flow throughout the government to do, in some cases, the very same thing um, and are housed in a variety of agencies throughout the government, the question that you have to ask yourself is, is not only is the taxpayer getting the best bang for their buck, but are the people that those services are intended to be provided for getting the best services? So Director Mulvaney's um, effort at the President's direction to really look at how government is organized and operating, I think is a very significant step. And I think one of the points that he noted is that this is something that should unite conservatives and liberals and Republicans and Democrats. Good government, an effective, efficient government is something that really doesn't have an ideological home. I think it's something that we all can agree on that uh, the more that we can effectively deliver for the American citizen and deliver for the American taxpayer, um, effective and efficient government uh, is something that we should all probably be in line with. Richard. Thank you, Sean. Um, the U.S. Ambassador at the uh, your Organization for the Prohibition of Chemical Weapons says that the that Syria possess, uses chemical weapons, abetted by Russia, uh, Syria, so uses a weapon abetted by Russia's continuing effort, efforts to bury the truth. Has the, was the President offered proof of such truth-burying efforts by Russia? Was he offered uh, proofs of, of this evidence that this is happening? That Not Russia, no, no. I would like to know also. You've been putting in the same sentence uh, Syria, Iran, and North Korea as failed state. Russia being not a failed state, but part of this. this has it become the, the, to use an old expression, the axis of evil of this administration? I, I just, I, I think it's important to note who Russia is on the side with right now and where they stand. That, that's, I think it draws a huge contrast uh, to show who's, who's on what side of this argument uh, in this crisis. And I think it's important to note the difference that who they're with. And that's, I think, a very notable thing. I'm not going to go any further than to, to say that. Very so, quick last yeah. question. With the National Hockey League playoffs just started, um, will the president cheer for the Rangers or the Caps? Uh, respectfully, uh, that's really not been a subject that's come up too often in the White House. So I'm going to keep with our Richards and go to Richard Elliott from WSB-TV in Atlanta, Georgia. Obviously, our concern is the reconstruction of 85. We understand that the president is meeting with the first responders this afternoon, in just a few minutes, actually. We wanted to ask about the federal commitment to getting I-85 rebuilt as far as federal dollars and easing some federal regulations to get the job done quickly. So um, a couple of things on that front. Uh, immediately following uh, the tragedy that ensued in Atlanta, the president directed the Federal Highway Administration to release uh, $10 million. Uh, and then we have begun to work with 
the appropriate agencies to expedite that process. Um, I know that there are um, critical repairs that have to get made, and I think that not only that the initial funding will help with that uh, for the roads and the bridges and the emergency access that needs to get handled, but um, under emergency relief um, efforts, there are ways to expedite some of that funding, uh, and, and I would the Department of Transportation and the Federal Highway Administration are probably the best way uh, to get a better answer on that, but there are ways that some of that funding can be expedited beyond the initial commitment that the federal government has made. Mary. Thank you, John. Um, back on some of these shifts, on China in particular, the President did not mince words during the campaign. Now he says he and President Xi have been bonding, she means well. Uh, he says China is not a currency manipulator. What message does this send to the President's supporters who sent him to the White House thinking he'd be following through on his tough talk against China. I think the, the President's tough talk was uh, on, on a variety of subjects was to get results for the American people. That, that's what he has pledged to do, to get more jobs here, to grow more manufacturing, to keep our country safe. The President and President Xi uh, had a great meeting. The President likes uh, President Xi and got to know him really well in Mar-a-Lago and I think has established a really good relationship working forward. But at the end of the day, this is always about developing a, a, a better situation for the American people, and I think he's done that. And to follow up, if I may, the President uh, told the Wall Street Journal that President Xi helped him realize that North Korea is not so easy. Did the President underestimate the complexities of this? Did he underestimate how difficult this was going to be? No, I don't think so at all. And I think if China is able to help uh, get a deal with, with China, the President would appreciate that. I think this would be great for China as well. Uh, and as the President noted this morning, if, if China can help us do that, it will be great. And if not, uh, we'll go and handle that ourselves with our allies. Steve. On, uh, on currency manipulation, why specifically did he decide to abandon this? And what, is he, what other tools does he have in his toolbox to try to modify uh, China's trade value? I think that's a very, very complex issue, and I think the President, I'm going to leave it to the President uh, to specifically answer that. Vivian. Has he given up on trying to modify? Uh, no, he, he is. It's not. I, I think the president is going to continue to make significant progress when it comes to that issue, uh, and to how our relationship is with China. He showed already uh, what a great relationship uh, he has with President Xi, and the results are already starting to pour in. Um, and I think that that is an issue in particular that the president. Uh, is best to address. Vivian. Um, two questions, Sean. Uh, you were very forthcoming about the TikTok leading up to uh, the missile launches in Syria. So can you give us any background on the Moab in Afghanistan? Was there a situation room uh, scenario? Was the president, was this several days in the making? Um, and my second question is, uh, the president has been very uh, critical of the intelligence community leading up to his inauguration. He's obviously been working very closely with the intel community on these, at least on these situations in Syria and Afghanistan. Has his opinion changed toward the IC? In, um, in, in the first question, again, I, I think General Nicholson at United States Forces Afghanistan is best to address the TikTok on on. The situation over there. But as far as the president's uh, consultation, I, I understand. I think that the the U.S. forces, uh, Afghanistan as well as the Department of Defense, are best to, to walk through uh, the military operations that are ongoing there. I think, with respect to the intelligence community and the national security team, as you know, the president has put together a world-class cabinet of top-notch national security experts from General Mattis, General Kelly, uh, General McMaster, and others uh, that continue to provide him. Uh, the best advice to make the best decisions for this country. Uh, and it's that, you know, he continues to rely on them and Director Pompeo, Director Coates at the DNI. Uh, they continue to give him sage advice about how to best position the United States 
Zeke. Thanks, John. Uh, follow up on that, on that question. Did the president specifically order authorize the use of this piece of ordinance? Yeah, I, again, I'm not going to get into the details right now. Uh, I, I, I'm not, as I mentioned, I, I'll let the Department of, of Defense uh, handle the lead on this one. And uh, Paul, uh, on uh, Mr. question earlier regarding the Exxon Bank, uh, you didn't answer specifically what has changed about the Exxon Bank that has led to the president to reevaluate yeah. uh, his previous. Uh, I'll, let me get back to you on the Exxon Bank specifically. I think uh, there, that's a it's a very complex issue, and I, and I would like to get back. Anita. Um, two questions about the budget. Are you all prepared to hold things up? You know, we've got a couple weeks left here. Uh, how serious are you about getting money for the wall? Would you hold up the spending plan for that? And I have one other question. So uh, the government is currently funded through April 28th under a continuing resolution. Uh, we've made very clear to Congress that uh, the President's priorities are increasing military spending and security of our border. We're going to continue to have conversations with Congress, and we feel confident that they'll do their job. But those conversations are ongoing. Can't say whether you would have to have money in this budget or the. I, I, I will leave it to uh, our team to continue the negotiations that they're having. Okay. And then the second question on the budget was: um, There's a proposal now to punish members of Congress who do not pass the spending plan in a variety of ways, withhold salary, even arrest. Would, do you support that Congress should be punished? If, if let, let's 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 see. I think we're we're making significant progress. Uh, I feel very good about the momentum, and so I don't want to start getting into whether who's going to be naughty and nice. We're, we're doing Sean, Kayla. Sean, Sean. Um, historically, sitting presidents have refrained from stating preferences on where parts of the free market economy goes. Yesterday, President Trump said he wants low interest rates, he wants a weaker dollar, and then the market followed his preferences. So, given his criticism of other economies and their intervention. How do you characterize that response? I think the president um, has made it very clear from the beginning that he's going to do what he can to fight on behalf of American consumers and American businesses to make sure that we can um, help create a, a environment here in America where businesses grow and uh, industries continue to hire and jobs can come back and then middle income Americans can get uh, some tax relief uh, and keep more in their money and their hard-earned dollars. But traditionally, you have low interest rates when the economy is weak and needs help, and then they recover when the economy right. strengthens. So what was he trying to get I, at? I understand. I think what he is trying to do is, as you know, Kayla, through a lot of the coverage and a lot of the meetings that you've, you guys have covered and, um, and seen here at the White House, the President is continuing to meet with business leaders and people who are creating jobs, union leaders, to find out what we can do. And the President uh, has heard uh, a lot and gotten a lot of feedback and already taken great steps to make sure that we can uh, create a regulatory and tax environment that's going to help grow uh, America's economy and put people back to work. That's plain and simple. And I think what he'll continue to do is fight on behalf of the American people. I hate to cut this short, but we literally have 10 minutes before the president's going to speak. Did the Thank president not much. know about the Moab strike? I don't know why you're asking me that he didn't <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.